Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Ozbiz. Great to have your company for the next hour or so. This is a program we call The Call, where we take a look at 10 stocks suggested by you, put them to an expert panel for adjudication. I add one for good measure, just uh, a stock that's making news for the day. A panel today, delighted to have uh, Howard Coleman from Team Invest along again. Howard, how are you, sir? Yeah, fine. Uh, and you, David, uh, good. good to be on the show again. No, good to have you here. And also Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Gary, how are you, sir? Yeah, excellent, excellent. Uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed after um, long a long weekend. Yep. Perfect. Good to see. Yeah. All right, let's get uh, stuck straight into it, though. Uh, our stock of the day. Uh, thought we'd take a look at Sims Metal upgrading its full-year underlying guidance. Uh, now expected to be as much as $380 million, up from the previous forecast of about $310 million, thanks to rising scat, um, scrap metal prices. How would we, we talk about the commodity super cycle that we're going through at the moment there's seems to be one for a bit of scrap as well what what did you think of the of the sims metals do you guidance yeah i mean obviously it's good but you know they've made that kind of money several times in the past and more um this is a company that over 10 years has really never managed to average a decent return on equity capital intensive business uh, its earnings per share really gone nowhere over the years, and similarly at share price, uh, you know, it, its share price has varied between about uh, well, it got as low as five dollars fifty, but generally between about seven dollars and and high teens um, for ten years. And the reason is its earnings just don't grow. It's a very cyclical stock, and with cyclical stocks like this, they never turn into wealth winners. But if you do want to trade them, you want to buy them where they're close to their lows. And it's certainly not close to its lows uh, <laughs> at its current share price. Um, you know, it's round about where it's high for the year has been every year. And you've been able most years to buy it in the sevens or fives or eights or sixes, uh, occasionally in the nines. So uh, definitely not one that is going to turn into a wealth winner, nor is it at the moment a good stock to trade. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, uh, Gary? That's a impressive chart from October, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Howard's right there. It's in a bit of a sweet spot at the moment. So, obviously, commodity prices, you know, inflationary pressures are lifting all the metal prices up. So, scrap yeah. prices are up as well. Um, since sort of COVID, companies been had had to tighten the rein on the costs as well. So that's that's a little plus as well. So the um, they're being able to keep their costs uh, nice and tight, keep them down. Uh, I think the South Australian recycling. Uh, has 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 sort of been pretty positive. That's sort of given them positive contribution. Um, so you know, upgrade here. So all sort of positive there. But can I guess the big question is, can they sort of uh, really high um, scrap prices stay high? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm with Howard too. I think you sort of these these sort of 
prices can be quite cyclical here. I noticed on the technically on the chart there actually uh, go back to 2018. That was the $18 high, so we're pretty close to right. you know, sort of one of the like an old sort of you know pretty important sort of peak. So just not not really the right time to be adding to it when everything's in a you know, right. perfect alignment for them. So um, yeah, so. Yeah, and you, you look yeah. at that, the, the five-year chart, that's what yeah. you were talking about there, the uh, 2018. Yeah, I mean, it's not, not not actually expensive. I think it's only about 15, 16 times, so that'll probably get revised slightly uh, lower with the improved earnings. So it was a fair jump, actually, in earnings as well. But yeah. I think everyone's probably thinking that that was, sort of, well, some of that was going to come as well with every, all the other metal prices moving. So, But, yeah, it's a tough one. It's actually, you know... Seems it's managing itself pretty well. Yeah. The environment's pretty friendly. Just the price is just but as friendly. Hi- history tells you it's at the top of the cycle. Well, yeah, possibly there. Yeah, it's just yeah. sort of like it's um, it's hard here. This this is it's just in a sweet spot at the moment, and that the sweet spots don't always last for these type of businesses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get into uh, the stocks that you want us to take a look at, and uh, Nat wants a um, a view, Gary, on Ramsey Healthcare, one of the big private hospital um, owners, not only here in Australia, but around the world. It's massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I actually do like Ramsey. I've sort of got it in a lot of my portfolio. So, right. um, But the stock has been sort of stuck bet- between sort of 62 and sort of $69, $70 here for a, for, yeah. a, for a long period of time here. Yeah. There's a few things going on. Obviously, um, you know, COVID's obviously you know, pushed a lot of the elective surgery sort of uh, down the road a little bit. Um, there's also been an acquisition in the UK as well. So uh, this Spire, which is about 1.8 billion, compared to like, Ramsey's market cap is about 40.5 billion. So yep. sort of small, but not not too small to have mm. an effect. So got to absorb that in there. So I'm pretty positive about Ramsey longer term. I think uh, um, the the resulting you know through the COVID period was 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 very strong considering all the um, all the negative um, <laughs> outcomes in front of them. Yeah. So I thought they handled it pretty well. And I think there's going to be a backlog of the elective surgeries as well. So there's going to be a real influence there. Yeah. The, the only negative I sort of see is that um, the Medicare changes last week about you know your um, shoulder reconstructions, hip reconstructions, they're, you know, they're no longer going to be fully covered by the right. Medicare. So you're going to have to sort of dip into your own pocket uh, right. for that. So that might subdue it a little bit. But... I think there's going to be a, so much backlog here of uh, yeah. surgeries of you know, built up here, um, and I think what's it um, the status or was 95% of their patients are private under a private healthcare, so that's sort of pretty you know, top end sort of uh, in that space. So yeah. yeah, so I do like the stock here. I just think you've got to be looking around that 62, 63 dollar mark. Right. Um, but the multiples not 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 stretched here. It's just going to you know going to bed this other business down. Um, some risk in making yeah. a UK acquisition. Some of the businesses, but they're all, already in Europe, aren't they? They, they already were already had a parcel, already had a stake in that. So yeah. they probably had a bit of a small parcel. Have a have a look. Yeah. And then, yep, we like what we see. And now we've taken the bigger right. swing. Okay. So yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So you like it at the, I, these levels? I do. I think it's a buy here. I think sort of sixty-two, sixty-three dollars is a buy. Yeah. yeah. What do you reckon, Howard? Yeah, I mean, this used to be one of my very best wealth winners in my portfolio. I bought them at about $10, and for a number of years, they were the highest returning stock um, since I'd first bought them in total shareholder return of all the companies in my portfolio. So I used to be a huge fan. 
Unfortunately, the business has changed quite a lot. The board has grown. They used to have a relatively small board. Now they've got a board that at the AGM stretches right across the front of the room. Uh, that's never a good sign. The bigger the board gets, usually the worse the company runs. There's a lot of actual research that says that. That's not just my opinion. Peter Swan at the University of New South Wales has done some extensive research on that, that larger boards are worse for investors. And they've become, in one way, poor investors. They used to do a capital raising to grow their business periodically when the share price was high. And when the share price got over $80, I was at an AGM and recommended that with their debt levels being high, that they actually do a capital raising to reduce the debt levels. Their CFO explained there was nothing wrong with their debt levels. I was worrying for nothing. They would never have a problem. And of course, along came COVID and they had to do a capital raising, not at over $80, but at $56, creating considerably more dilution. And they raised, if I remember correctly, somewhere around about 1.2 to 1.5 billion. But they've now used all that up again in buying um, Spire in the UK. So while I agree with Gary that they've got massive tailwinds in terms of the huge backlog of uh, elective surgery, not just in this country, but in the UK and in France and Denmark, other countries that they're involved in, that's good. But at the same time, and of course the baby boomers aging means there's going to be even more of it as time goes by. But the problem is they haven't shown themselves to be all that well run over the last five years. Now, I still own most of my shares. I sold some of them. Um, but I'm nowhere near as enthused about this company that I used to be. Uh, as Gary says, you know, uh, share price is quite cheap at the moment. Maybe it's okay. Um, but I'd see it now as if you were going to buy it at these relatively low prices, an okay investment that's quite safe rather than a great wealth winner, which it was until about 2016. Okay. So a sort of weak yes from me, okay. but its debt's very high. <laughs> but a weak yes, but you've been, by the sound of it, because you've been so closely involved with it, become more disenchanted with their board and executive team as they've grown. Absolutely. And I don't think it's caused by size. I think it's caused by a loss of the founder's mentality that they used to have, where they looked at the money as if it was their own money and they were careful with it. And now they don't look at it the same way anymore. And like all very large boards where some of them hardly have any skin in the game, um, their motivations get all around governance and box ticking and <laughs> filling in forms rather than running the best, the, the yeah. business in the best yeah. possible way well, for shareholders. I think the market actually agrees with Howes V as well. Because you think about the stock sort of, it should be considering the results that it's had and, um, and, we're, and the reopening sort of trade here, yeah. this should probably be a lot higher. Yeah. But the market's got a little bit of indecision here because it's really been stuck between 62 and you know, 70 bucks here for a, quite a while here. Yeah. So it sort of can't really get out of it. So it's been a bit of a nice trading stock there in that regard. And if you're right, you know, if you're right covered calls of 69, 70 dollars, it's yeah. been pretty, pretty handy. So I mean, I like the stock here, but it's, um, I'm with how it's not, it's sort of a... Uh, it's a weak buy as well. Well, I'm not a weak buy, but it's, yeah, I can see why, because when you make an acquisition as well, um, overseas, market gets a little nervous about yeah. your ability to make that thrive, and uh, and particularly if they don't have huge confidence in you to start yeah. with, or it's waning yeah. a bit. So, so to change your mind 
on it and to show that the um, uh, management and board are back strong. What needs to happen? What needs? I think if you start seeing some strong numbers come out of that UK business, right? Because I think that's the we've seen a lot of Aussie businesses go into the UK recently. Yeah. You know, sort of West Farmers is a classic example. Not go so well. Yeah. So there'll be some fear about that. Yeah. Um, so if you start seeing some pretty good numbers, then um, yeah. yeah. Okay. How would what what would turn your opinion on them? Yeah, I'd like to see the board shrink in size, the board members to have shares, some of them do, but the board members to all have some skin in the game. Um, then they'll start thinking very differently about the business. And then the next thing I'd like to see is when their share price is high, that they do a capital raising then, not wait until they desperately need the money, but do yeah. the capital raising then and get their debt levels down to the sort of percentages they used to be years ago mm. when Paul Ramsey was alive and was considerably less keen on having debt than some of the uh, board members are today. Okay, all right, that's a good checklist. Uh, their investor relations team, <laughs> team is watching today. All right, uh, let's take a look at our second stock and Gary David wants a view on Ansel, the big... Uh, big packaging organisation, but uh, really got some tailwinds during COVID because um, they were into uh, to healthcare. Gloves and um, latex. Gloves so and latex yeah. and things like that. It's, look, it's a tough one here, actually, because um, cause you're sort of at the moment there, again, like another sort of sweet spot. Yeah. Um, obviously, sort of latex uh, numbers are up. That sort of heightened sort of hygienic practices are going to, they're going to remain in place here. Yep. So for probably for an, at least another 12 months or so. But it really depends how long this, how long COVID sort of hangs around here. So yep. it's, you know, I, I see like most, most of the brokers have got a sort of a, a strong buy to sort of hold here. So not too many sellers on the stock here. Um, it's on about sort of 33 times, which is a bit pricey there. But when you, f when you look at the growth coming in next year forecast, mm. it's only on about 23 times. So right. it does trade between 16 and 29 historically, if you look at the last 10 year average. Right. So, so broken out, but look at the, look at the five year yeah, chart there. It's yeah. almost five year highs. But it's so. just a, the question mark is to, is to how long this sort of heightened you yeah. know, um, stage here. But um, sorry, the, the, the P is only 15 and a half, sorry. So it's, it's a bit, right. so it's not, 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 not expensive there, but. Yeah, so look, it's, it's a hard one here. I just thought I find it's a bit, you know, I find it a bit too hard to, to look at it here. If the price is a bit lower, closer to say $34, right. then I'd be a bit more interested, but pricing it a bit of success here, which it's, which it's had and probably going to have, but question mark is, is that, gonna, is that type of you know, success gonna hang around mm. post COVID, maybe you know, 24 months rather than the 12 months? Okay, all right, uh, Howard? Yeah, I think it's always worth looking at a little bit of history and uh, and, and I mean, in this case, long history. Uh, after the Spanish flu um, in 1918-19, hand hygiene, even though they didn't know nearly as much about it as we do today, hand hygiene became extremely important for an entire generation. In fact, it was really after the Second World War still that the um, parents were still making their kids wash their hands regularly and make sure they did it thoroughly. It sort of faded away as the baby boomers became parents and uh, stopped being quite as fussy about it. And now everybody's, of course, got fussy about it again. So um, I'm in the interesting situation that I've got uh, a baby grandchild just born a couple of weeks ago. And um, her parents, my son and daughter-in-law, uh, have these latex gloves sometimes for dealing with 
um, the waste that the baby produces. And, um, you know, uh, that, that's unheard of before. So I think likelihood is that this will go on for a lot longer time. Now, maybe not to the same extent that we're using the gloves and their products today, but I think there's been a step change that could last considerably longer than how long COVID lasts. And that's going to be very, very good for Ansel. It could, it could again be a whole generation that is focused on hygiene. The return on equity has been good all through the 10 years, been over 10%. The earnings have been growing even pre-COVID a little bit faster than inflation. So not at, at fantastic rates, but certainly uh, staying ahead of inflation. And their debt's always been low. And the PE, as Gary points out, is sort of in the mid to high teens. Um, so a, a yes from me. I don't think this is going to be a super rapid wealth winner for people who buy it. But I think this is going to be one of these stocks that you look back 10 years later and you say, wow, you know, it's always grown faster than inflation and it's done well for me. Yeah. And I'm very happy that I've owned it in my portfolio for a long time. So, so a yes from me. So one of those stocks that almost becomes like a foundation stock. Uh, that, yes. that gives you some stability that you can maybe in other parts of the portfolio take a bit of extra risk, but there's your, your half dozen stocks there that provide the floor. Yeah, one of those that I, I regard as boring wealth winners. You know, they right. slow wealth winners. They don't suddenly shoot the lights out, but they're boring. And when you look back years later, you say, wow, I've done well over the years. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, that's a good one. So, uh, Thank you, David, for that suggestion on Ansel. Um, now, Howard, Peter wants a view on Seek, the big online recruitment job ads uh, platform, being uh, founder-led for a number of years, still is sort of founder-led, but uh, um, expanded into China. There was um, a bit of sort of conversation and. Uh, some of the, the short sellers um, got in because of their, their China business, uh, which put the pre pressure on the share price. What do you think of Seek? Yeah, you know, it's had high return on equity, but overall the return on equity has gradually shrunk over the years, probably because um, it's getting harder and harder for them to generate the same returns as there's more competition around the world um, from other platforms that are used for hiring um, than just them. Uh, and not necessarily online jobs. I mean, things like LinkedIn and, and Facebook are now used for a fair bit of hiring as well. Um, it's got a lot of debt, um, which has always bothered me. And its earnings per share um, over the last, um, I'll just look my way back, even pre-COVID. So if you take COVID out of it, um, even pre-COVID, there was about six years where earnings per share hardly moved at all. In fact, it, it barely kept on up with inflation. And since then, it's in fact, earnings per share has gone down, but perhaps blamed a bit on COVID. It's hard to see why this is a company that is, um, uh, generates so much enthusiasm, and it's on a very high PE. Now, if this company was on a low PE with hardly any growth, you'd say, okay, but it's on an exceptionally high PE. Um, on <clears throat> the current PE is about 122, but even if you say, okay, the earnings were about half during COVID, what they should have been, it's still on a PE of 60. So, um, you know, I can't see any reason to be enthused about it. So definitely no from a team invest perspective. Mm. Okay, Gary? 
Yeah, I agree with Howard. I reckon it's a sell here, actually. So, uh, I mean, it's um, those sort of earnings per share were sort of tapering off there before COVID. And um, and even if, uh, I mean, earnings per share is going to be around, what, 40 cents this year, which is a P of 78. So even looking at, say, returning back to 50 cents a share earnings, that's around 62, 63 PE. So pricing in a lot of success here and uh, you know, more of a competitive environment. So... Just the multiple just seems very high here. I think this is a business which has uh, got a lot of risk of downside. I think the, the only reason it's up here because people are playing that kind of recovery yeah, type yeah, of play yeah. here. So and, viewing and this as a you know job vacancy rates yeah. are um, a massive at the moment. Yeah. So there'll be a um, yeah. pressure on employers to get out and advertise and try and get the staff yeah. that they need if there's a skill shortage. Yep. Yeah, but the multiples. Multiple super high here, so right, yeah. Um, yeah, so just there's, there's no upside I can see in this trade from here, right? Yeah. Okay, all right, so a no for seek, <laughs> and uh, uh, from Howard and um, Gary is sort of recommending take the money and run at, at these levels, it's had a pretty good rise up. Uh, Gary Jamie wants a view on, on net wealth, the big uh, financial platform and yeah. um, manager. This is a little different from Seek. It's um, it's expensive. The PE is around that sort of sixty-eight um, times currently. I think uh, even with um, you know fifteen percent growth forecast for next year, still on a PE of around sixty times. So right. pricing and a lot of success. Look, business has been growing pretty nicely. Funds under admin are growing to around thirty-five point six billion. So um, they're definitely growing faster than their competitors. So yeah. um, some of that's you know some of that growth comes from that equity growth so um so i see that the so naturally the share market going yeah. up means your funds under management even if you're not getting much inflow will rise in value. that's right so yeah. i think they're up 60 percent from a year earlier from that from a year earlier from say march is was pretty much near the low so right, yeah. <laughs> but some of that's obviously a bit of growth as well so um look most of brokers have got a hold on it i think just because of that multiple at the moment so most of broker vales there's a there's a few weird ones sort of high and low here but Majority have sort of got a hold here, so I just think it's fully priced here at the moment. So um, yeah, top of the top of the market type of thing as well. So um, yeah, but pretty well managed, um, pretty decent returns. Definitely um, top of the game in terms of the sector as well. So right. yeah. Okay. So a no from you. You're saying top of the market. You reckon it's valuations? Are you, are you valuations are very high at the moment. Yeah, right. pricing and a lot of success. So are yeah. you going to cash or? Um, just there's, you've sort of seen the movement from high growth to value. Yeah. And then we've seen a bit of a movement into defensives recently as well. So certain things occur, at, you know, at uh, top of markets. And so there's always a place to put your money. Yeah. Um, maybe you should have certain more cash at certain times. But, um, but yeah, there'll always be segments you should be sort of looking at within that. Um, yeah. And we've got a few things happening like inflation. Yeah. rearing his head here so there's yeah. definitely inflation type trades opportunities as well to look at so there are a few things left of center right, as well okay. so yeah right. but definitely got to be cautious here with the multiples you know for probably three quarters of the market some you know, would be probably sitting outside of the 10-year band of where their highs and lows sort of would be right so yeah. um yeah some risk here oh, okay how are you as concerned about the, the top of the market well, I think um, much like we've seen a number of times in history, there are um, a very large number of companies at absurd PE ratios 
And of course, some of them don't even have a PE ratio because they don't make a profit, but somehow or other are perceived to be worth billions of dollars. Now, how a company that makes no money can be worth anything, let alone billions of dollars, um, is a far stretch of the imagination from people who don't understand business. But, um, you know, we saw this in 1999, 2000, but it doesn't mean that all companies are not looking like great investments at the time. It just means you've got to look a lot harder. When the market's very low, like it was in March and April last year, you could virtually throw darts at a dartboard and do well um, yeah. at whatever the dart hit. Now you've got to be a little bit more careful what you buy into. But as we saw with Ansel, there's a company with a PE ratio in the mid-teens. Um, on the other hand, um, you've got several other companies we're looking at today that PE ratios are so high they, you know, I remember in, in 1990 when they said, oh, Japan could justify PE ratios of more than 40 for its market as a whole because it was such a fast growing economy. Sure. And they've never got, many of those companies have never got back to the same share price 30 years later yeah. because no uh, economy can justify overall PE ratios of 40. It just can't grow that fast. So, um, no, I, I don't think any of our team invest members are looking at putting their money in cash, but they they certainly becoming more discerning about what they're prepared to buy and what prices they're prepared to pay. Yeah. What okay, about net wealth? Yeah, you know, as Gary says, short history, but it's it's done very well in that short history. But again, as Gary says, um, you know, PE ratio is very high. And a lot of their growth has come from the fact that the market's done so well. So we don't know how well they would perform when there was a downturn in the market. So, yeah, it, in its short history, too short for us in Team Invest, it looks good. But a PE ratio of somewhere around about 70 would mean we'd look at a shudder and say, not at this stage. It would yeah. have to be a hell of a lot cheaper before we'd consider it. So a no from me. Okay. All right, uh, Greg wants to view Howard on the super retail group there in sort of uh, in the retail business in automotive and sports and camping. They own brand names like BCF, uh, Rebel, uh, Super Cheap. Yeah, and in fact, I've owned this company from the time it was just super cheap. Um, I mean, both the share price and the company. Um, <laughs> So I've done very well out of it. Look, it never shoots the lights out, but it's been a bit like we were talking about in a way with Ansel earlier on. Every year it seems to do a bit better than the year before in terms of its earnings per share. Occasionally has a not great year, occasionally has a particularly good year. They've done remarkably well during the COVID period for the obvious reason that um, people want more sporty equipment at home because they couldn't go to the gym and they have to go on a holiday in Australia, they can't go overseas, so they go boating, camping and fishing. Now, that's likely to continue for quite a while still. And it, it, I don't see um, the volume of Australians traveling overseas, even when it opens up, as there were before COVID. There are going to be a lot of people who will be wary for a while and they'll take holidays in Australia. So um, this company's done very well. Its return on equity has always been above 10%, which is great. Its earnings per share has always grown a little bit faster than inflation over the years, never, never incredibly fast. Um, and its debt's always been quite reasonable. And in fact, it's got no net debt now other than leases, um, which are now incorporated in debt, which didn't used to be incorporated in debt. So 
Um, PE ratios still only on about 11.3, but I think Mm. people are saying, oh, but their earnings are elevated. But even if you say that the earnings got a particularly high boost and the PE ratio should be more like 14 or 15, that makes it extraordinarily cheap compared to some of the companies we've been talking about today for a company with growing earnings, high return on equity and no debt. So without a doubt, a yes from me. Yep. Gary? Yeah, another tough one to sort of value here because sort of uh, if you look at the um, earnings from say 18, 19, 20 there, sort of around that sort of 70 cents a share and then we jumped up to almost a dollar thirty a share last year. So absolutely hit it out of the park. Yeah. So massive uh, jump in earnings. So um, that puts it on a PE of around sort of what 10, 11 times here. So not, not expensive at all, mm. but no one's expecting it to hit it out of the park for a second year in a row. So everyone's got the number sort of somewhere in between. Right. sort of where it was previously and and the high. So they're sort of sitting around sort of 90, which is still elevated, but not yeah. as elevated as it was last year. Yeah. And that price is at around about <clears throat> 14 and a half, 15 times. Right. So, but, you know, Howard, you know, might be right here. We, if we don't travel, um, then um, maybe this will be a dollar. Maybe it'll be, you know, it'll, it'll, earnings will be up. But if we do start to travel and less spend on these type of sort of, uh, you know, in this area, then that might go back to maybe 80, you know, 80 cents earnings. So, right. so at the moment, everyone's kind of having a bit of a guess or, you know, got their range there. And you're sort of seeing that normally sort of everyone's got a fairly tight um, earnings band, sort of where we oh, we think we're going to come in here. But yep. at the moment, everyone's thinking, oh, we could be coming a bit wider somewhere in, the, in here. It's a bit, <laughs> so it's a bit harder to judge. But, yep. um, but yeah, so not expensive here, but we just... Prices had a great run, and we're pricing in a bit of a success, even with the tapering off here. So, you know, I would rather sort of buy this if it came back a little bit more, but at the moment there, I think the broken community's got like, I think seven, I've got strong buyers on it because of the multiple, right. and, and there is some possible upside there if, if it continues on. Um, I'd like to sort of see a bit more data that comes out, and just sort of see whether the spending is going to continue, whether we taper back a little bit further. Okay. And yeah, so. so not for you at the moment? Not at the moment, no. But look, okay. a great business. Just yep. probably like to sort of, you know, maybe wait and see a bit longer. Okay. All right. Let's recap uh, our first five stocks. Stock of the day was uh, was Sims a no from, um, from both Gary and Howard. Ramsey Health, um, an unconvincing yes from both, I would say, but, but s- still a yes because uh, it's a well-run company. Uh, Ansel, a yes from Howard. Uh, a no from Gary if it got down to around $34, he'd be interested. Uh, seek a no from Howard. Gary is saying, take your money and run. Uh, it's a sell uh, at these levels on Seek. Net wealth, a no from both because of the high multiples. And uh, Super Retail Group, a yes from Howard. And uh, not quite yet. From, uh, from Gary, a bit of a wait and see from him. Um, here on the call, we've been tracking our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner, NAB Trade. Uh, all the stocks that get two thumbs up uh, or a buy, like Ramsey Healthcare, um, go into the calls portfolio. If they come up again, even in front of a different panel and don't get unanimous approval, they then go out again. And uh, I think that is the case. Got them with uh, net wealth and super retail, have been in the calls portfolio. 
but now go out of it um, as a result of uh, today's panel. Uh, let's check how it's been performing, the fantasy portfolio for the last week up uh, 2% for the month, up 7% and since the 1st of July last year up 35.5%. Take a look at some of the stocks recently added, Medical Developments, uh, Jamison Education, Unity Group, A2 Milk and New Hope Corporation. Some of the stocks removed, Bravura, uh, Home Consortium and Carnarvon Petroleum. If you want to check all of the stocks in the course portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Join us a bit later on the program, the Chief Chief Executive of Oaking Mining, uh, Paul Williamson comes on as the company is reinstated to the ASX following a $7 million raise. That's at 1.45 Eastern this afternoon. All right, let's uh, get into our second five stocks. And Howard, Mick wants a view on on Globe Group, the um, the fashion uh, retailer into uh, youth fashion and skateboard accessories, um, um, uh, which has been doing pretty well over the last year or two. What do you think of Globe? Yeah, in fact, uh, I'd never looked at this company before. It's never come up on our radar. So um, thanks to Mick for sending in the question because it caused me to have a look at it. Um, return on equity is pretty good. It's gone now six years with its return on equity being well over 10%. So that's a very good sign. Uh, earnings have been growing, been a big boost in earnings over the last six months. I presume uh, COVID has caused a lot more Uh, buying of their products, particularly, uh, I would think, online, although I don't know enough about the company. Debt's low. Uh, It's on a pretty low PE. So um, in some ways, looks not all that different to the theme we were talking about with Super Retail Group. Super Retail Group's done it for very much longer, so I'd be keener on Super Retail than Globe. And I don't know this company well enough to say a definite yes, but certainly all the metrics look pretty good and um, uh, you, you know it's it's worth looking at now the one thing about it and in fact that graph uh, shows it is it's probably very thinly traded it's got a very small market cap yeah and uh, being a pretty small market cap and being thinly traded makes it difficult for investors to get in but even more difficult if you at some stage want to get out so I think Anybody, uh, Mick, uh, you, you probably need to look at that as well. Uh, Gary may be able to give you a bit more info on it than I can, but it's the first time I've ever looked at the stock. And other than the market cap and the thinly traded, it, it looks pretty good to me. Mm. Gary? Yeah, so it's all that sort of streetwear, so yes. um, so which is obviously pretty popular at the moment. Not, not of, really yeah. our generation, Howard. Yeah. I know it's probably... <laughs> but, but your grandchild could be growing into it. <laughs> yeah. So, look, the numbers have been outstanding. I think they were sort of... Oh, uh, previous guidance was for, what, uh, four-year sales to be around 152.8, and they've it looks like they're going to come in around 250, so a yep. really, really big jump here. So um, EBIT's going to be basically in those sort of mid to high teens, which was up, was like, what, 4.8% previous year. So... Um, Look, multiple's not expensive here. It's just obviously, again, had a sweet spot. The only negative in here is that they have been sort of talking a little bit about, um, in a recent guidance there, about talk of supply issues, rising costs and stuff there. Yeah. Um, so they've been sort of warning the market that they might 
experienced this, but so far they they've been being able to source okay, and the costs haven't yep. been too too bad. So, yep. but does sort of seem to lead in that the maybe there's going to be some um, supply or some pricing pressures coming, yep. and it might be coming from from the you know, from 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 above, I guess. Um, yep. Yeah. So. Just, just interesting there, but that's so far that's talk. It's actually not real at this stage. Yeah. So, yeah. And people talk about online retail. Their demo is right into online retail. <laughs> so yeah. that, that use market. Yeah. Buy so, everything online. Yeah. So it looks looks right. Just just had a pretty good run here. So. Yeah. And how's right? It is a little thin. It uh, it's not really uh, the most uh, liquid sort of stock here. So it no. tends to jump around a bit. So. Uh, it's definitely not one to sort of for a big parcel um, if you want to get in or out. So, yeah. but you know, probably one to put on the radar here. Right. Uh, maybe maybe a look at if we see some weakness there. Um, yep. But yeah, just had a really you know pretty positive updates here. But just a concern regarding rising costs and supply issues right. is something which might lay ahead for a few of these companies. Okay, uh, got them. Can you bring the um, the the twelve month? Chart up again, okay. So I think all all the tw- the twelve months rather than the five year, okay. Um, so that's all right. Globe Globe is in the calls portfolio, uh, okay. so we'll take our profits out of the fantasy portfolio <laughs> on it on it as well. Which is which is what the fantasy portfolio is all about. It is yeah tra- trying to determine stocks when they're good value and and then when they're Sort of exceeding their value there, and have had a bit of a run. Is taking some profits and yeah, look, and it might well in. go higher, but it's just probably yeah. not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, uh, thank you for that, Mick. Um, Sam uh, wants a view, Gary, on Unibail, Redemco, Westfield. This is all the um, overseas Westfield shopping centres, isn't it? When Westfield basically broke up when the lines yeah, got out. So, so 89 shopping centres, I think yep. 55 of them are actually what, US, UK US orientated as well. So yeah. And some in France. Yeah, yep. so look, it's $1.3 billion market cap. I think the PE is what, 11, 12, so it's not, not expensive there. And again, it's kind of this recovery place, so getting a yep. little bit of uh, warmth in the market there. Yeah. I just um, I just can't get beyond the fact that, um, you know, I'm married with three girls and even my niece was here on the weekend there, and the percentage of you know more time spent online shopping as opposed to actually direct shopping as going into a shopping centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even my twenty-one-year-old niece said pretty much does ninety-five percent of her shopping online now. Yeah. So yeah. that's just sort of uh, yeah. I know sort of we'll go back into the shops a bit more, but um, I think rather than being a gradual sort of movement from shop to online, I think this is you know it's here to stay, and I think. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the swing is going to be more. It's just going to be pressure on this segment longer term. So, yeah. on that basis, there, I, I just, I just can't get in, can't get excited about the, you know, the sector. Okay, yeah. um, and got them that five-year chart. When you, um, can you bring that up again? Um, Howard, what do you, what do you reckon? I have this theory that when founders uh, get out and split. Up their company like the Lowys did at fifteen dollars uh, back there. That's when everyone gets out. <laughs> well, I get out when the founders get out because they're not gonna. Whoever takes over, not gonna have the passion. Well, and on top of that, they know the business best. Yeah. So it's people who know the business best 
would rather have your money than their shares, you'd be a fool to think you'd be better off yeah. having their shares instead of the money. Yeah. So um, absolutely, when, when the Lowys decided to get out of Westfield, I was surprised they hadn't done it a year or two earlier because the writing was on the wall. But I think they were smart in that they waited until they could get a really good offer and did just that. And, you know, uh, we talk about, you know, Gary talks about young people buying online. Uh, I certainly don't fit in the demographic called young, but my wife and I are buying an increasing amount of stuff online ourselves. Um, this is becoming a bigger part of our purchasing. And it's uh, every month virtually we buy more things online than we were buying before. And that's the same even in our generation, but of course considerably more among my young adult grandchildren uh, and teenage grandchildren um, than it is in my generation, but we're doing it too. Now, there's a huge amount of real estate in shopping centers that is becoming less and less valuable in terms of the number of dollars per square meter that it's generating. So um, the lowies recognized that got out and even at $6.33, I couldn't get enthused about this because it's also got an enormous amount of debt. And, um, you know, somewhere down the track, that enormous amount of debt's going to bite them as the sales in the centres probably go down. So definite no from me. Okay. Let's stick with property. Phil wants a view, um, Howard, on the Waypoint Real Estate Investment Trust, the REIT it owns, a portfolio of not shopping centres, but service stations and and convenience retail properties, most of them leased back to Viva Energy, uh, another um, listed listed company as well. well. What do you think of Waypoint? Well, two aspects to it. On the one hand, the fact that there's a shop at, at these service stations generally means that there are a lot of convenience stores is probably uh, going to uh, generate an increasing amount of business over time. But cars are getting more efficient more and more electric cars are coming out. Is there really 10 years from now going to be much need for that many service stations? And already, I mean, I've still got a petrol driven car, internal combustion engine, but it goes longer between drinks than it used to go uh, and cars I used to have uh, 10, 20 years ago. I've got several friends that have got hybrid cars. I've got a few other friends now who've got electric and we've pretty much decided, my wife and I, that our next car will be an electric car. Now, um, when you have an electric car, you're not going to be stopping at a service station. You plug it in at home. So it's hard to see where their growth is going to come from. So on the basis of looking a few years ahead, and by the way, the tipping point is probably quite soon. Um, Volvo were talking about that within five years' time, they will be producing and able to sell electric cars for less money than, a, than an internal combustion engine. So hmm. if you go into the dealership and you look at two cars, the electric car will be cheaper to buy and cheaper to run without any subsidies. So if the car is cheaper to buy and cheaper to run, all these people who currently express range anxiety and so on will start forgetting about their range anxiety and plug it in at home. So uh -huh. service stations to me are going to become wasted real estate over time and uh, hence I can't get enthused about Waypoint. Okay. All right, Gary? Yeah, I mean, uh, without rehashing Howard, yeah, did I? 
Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. I, I've you know yeah. And and it's interesting the link because they're all yeah. Have to look Lisa, ahead in the Lisa market. Lisa Beaver yeah. as well. So do you weigh up whether Beaver's a better opportunity? Well, I wonder why it's sort of split there out of uh, you know one rate into another rate. So yeah. 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 Can you offset or exit that somehow? Or? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I mean, look, there's there's yield there, and the PE is not high there. But when you're in when you're in, when you're in something which you you know you have great you know concerns about the longevity of it, yeah. and uh, that's generally never a good investment. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Phil. Uh, Tony wants a view now on John Ling Group. It's a um, a building company. Always quite quite interesting this one because. They don't go out and 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 build new apartment blocks and homes. They actually service generally a, a lot of the business is the insurance industry um, and do re- remediation work on um, on insurance claims uh, that have been put through for um, uh, for construction that somebody else has done. So it's Gary it's a really interesting niche isn't it? Yeah there's lots of little brands in there as well so there's like yeah. there's like shop fit out stuff there's restorations there's strata management yeah even like hazardous material sort of yeah. removal so yeah, yeah so coming in the, the, they up. act on behalf of insu- that's right, the insurance yeah. companies are their customer yeah so not heaps of history there but the, the earnings have been growing really nicely each year uh, it's been nice growth there uh, recent upgrade as well which is pretty positive there um, 986 million market cap, so not still still pretty small, um, but Fly, yeah, flies under the radar a bit. It does, it does, yeah. So I think the revenue line was up six and a half percent for the year. EBITDA was up ten percent, which kind of makes sense at the moment because because of the the high demand for building services, you kind of charge a bit more and make a bit more at the moment than right. uh, previous. So only concern is if you get a bit of a slowdown here in the, in the building game there, but that seems a little way off at this stage. So yeah. Yeah, look, it's not. Uh, you know, there's only one broker who covers it, so that, ma- that makes it pretty tough here. And that, that price is 440, which it's currently trading above right. its target. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it's probably one to keep an eye on. Actually, it's probably maybe it's one of those sort of stocks to have a look at once um, you know when the market goes through a little bit of turmoil. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, just a tough one because you've sort of got so many different little businesses within that that unit, but seem to be sort of growing, you know, nice, like, kind of slow and steady. Okay. Uh, how what do you think of John Ling? Yeah, funnily enough, I can give you two perspectives on it. One is the indirect customer. When I flew my car out of the back of the garage down five levels to my uh, 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 tennis court below, wrecking my car and almost killing myself uh, only a year <laughs> and a half ago. Howard, um, how on earth did you do that? Well, I was Blimey. so busy being uh, distracted by looking at my um, buzzer that uh, makes my alarm go off, that when I put my foot back down again, I put it on the accelerator instead of the brake. And having a very powerful car, it shot through the back of the garage and I landed on my tennis court five levels below. Wow. Um, uh, Much fuss in the neighborhood, helicopters and police and ambulances and so on. Did you hurt yourself badly? No, um, a lot of blood from a cut in my head and a few, many cuts and bruises, but uh, no broken bones, um, no internal organs damaged. So I went in for observation. They scanned me, etc. You should be promoting the car. Yeah, what, what car was it? <laughs> a Mercedes. Oh, there you go. Good yeah. ad for it. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, um, 
John's Ling were the company that Amy Insurance used to put back together again everything I'd managed to wreck. I did about $100,000 worth of damage to our house and uh, um, John's Ling came and fixed it. They were superb. They were an absolute and utter pleasure to deal with. Now the history's short, their metrics look good, but they're on a PE that it's very hard to see what is largely a building company on a PE of 51. It's, it's just unimaginable that they're going to grow fast enough to justify a PE like that. So great business. The staff were fabulous. Um, they were a pleasure <laughs> to deal with, but I wouldn't buy them at these prices. It'd okay. have to come down to a PE of somewhere around about 20 or less for a building company to get me enthusiastic. <laughs> but I, I can only speak highly about them as a business. That, that's going to the extreme in doing your research on this particular yeah. company, Absolutely. Howard, I think. Don't do it again. <laughs> no, no, no intention. No. I, thought, I thought Howard was going to say you got distracted by looking at your share prices or something. Yeah. Well, was, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, um, that would have been a bitter excuse, but uh, unfortunately yeah. I, I leaned over onto the back seat to get my uh, control for the alarm out my back pocket of my jacket and was fiddling with it in my hand, put my foot back down again and put it on the accelerator instead oh of the brake. Oh, God. The, okay. The, the lesson is put your car in neutral when you stopped and fiddling in the back seat. Don't just keep your foot in the brake because yeah. I then by accident yep. nearly killed myself. Okay, all right, um, but uh, a good ad for Mercedes. Uh, our final stock, Fred wants a view. Um, Howard, on a group I don't think we, we've covered before um, here on the call, Cog State. Um, it's um, a, a health company um, in terms of um, doing lots of research and clinical trials around brain health assessments. Yes, and that's where the name COG states comes from, cognitive state, you, you know, in other words, how well your brain is working. Um, look, I mean, the research it's doing is of huge importance to people in my generation um, with more urgency than people in younger generations because we're all getting a little bit worried about how well um, the little neurons inside our head are going to be working over the next decade or two, assuming we're still here. But um, the company hasn't made a profit yet. Now, the reason it's getting a bit of coverage suddenly now is there's an Alzheimer's drug that's just been approved by the FDA in America. Um, uh, it's fairly, of course, the UK, one or the other, but it's pretty controversial. Um, looking at the research, um, it's not really all that clear about whether it's beneficial or not, but it doesn't do any harm. So um, if that drug gets approved in many, many more countries, it's possible that Cogstate will get a lot more work from people having their uh, faculties tested. The problem is they haven't shown they can make a profit. And right. there are thousands, if not millions of businesses around the world that are doing wonderful things but don't know how to make money. And if you don't know how to make money, you can't be a good investment, even if what you're doing is a great thing. So, you know, from a team invest point of view, we wouldn't consider a company like this. But from a private citizen, as Howard Coleman point of view, I hope they continue to be successful and that the various Alzheimer's drugs that mm. uh, you can get tested for land up being very successful. Yep. Gary? Yeah, it's a little bit uh, like the picks and shovels. Uh, so you think about the, obviously you get your mining companies, then you get your mining services, they sort of look after everyone here. So, so Cogstate, it sort of does the testing. So all your computerized yeah. testing. So 
you're taking an Alzheimer's drug or you're taking any sort of uh, medication or something there, they do a lot of the testing to sort of see if you're having a positive uh, effect to the right. testing. So, yep. so not actually sort of backing a, a one in a million sort of drug. Right. They're actually doing all the all the testing for that that particular research group. So, so that's that's interesting because that's sort of growing field. Yep. Um, the the problem is here the share price has had a big jump because of the Biogen. Um, yep. So the bio, they're basically they've already done some testing for Biogen already, but if Biogen gets approved, then it's going to trigger a fifteen million dollar upfront payment for. Uh, Cog State, and then another thirty million over the next ten years. So, right. um, so that's positive for them as well. Mm. Um, so it's a pretty good income for a market cap only two hundred thirty-seven million. So pretty small. So looks pretty interesting this company because the because the segment they're in has definitely got some great growth here longer term. Yeah, it's had a bit of a probably too big a jump on the back of this news for, for mind right. here. Um, the risk I see is that rather than be diversified and be testing over lots of companies and lots of different areas, I think the the Alzheimer's represented about 44% of their revenue last year and it's going to represent about 51% next year. So yeah. they haven't got themselves diversified enough. But being being a picks and shovels to the, you know, mm. providing some of the, you know, electronic sort of automated testing. So they're not testing. developing the drugs or anything like no. that, whereas they, there's that binary outcome of where yeah. you get... Yeah. Phase two or phase three approval, yep. they're in the assessment. That's business. right. So even getting approval, because they normally when you get approval for a drug, people just don't yeah. people just don't hand the drug out and do no more. They continually keep testing to yeah, sort yeah. of see mm. if as long as it's still getting positive moves there. Yeah. Yeah. So the testing regime does last a lot longer than most people think. Right. So yeah, it's just one to actually keep an eye on here. Because actually, it's a pretty okay. interesting sort of company, but it just had a big jump here, too big a jump on this news. Yeah. So wait for a pullback or. And, yeah, it'd just be interesting to see where they start to roll that into other industries as well, start to diversify oh, a bit. Okay. Yeah. And, and does the testing make money? You know, I mean, the, it's all very well to say they'll be doing more testing, but if each test costs them fractionally more to do the test than they get paid for doing the test, then they may be doing a wonderful service to society, but they're not doing yeah. a service to their investors. Yeah. And so far, they've only ever made a profit one year in the last uh, three, six, eight that they've been listed. So it suggests that whatever testing they're doing costs them more to do mm. than they get paid for doing yeah. it. So that's not a good sign. Let me tell you, with all the health tests that I get done, you rarely think someone would lose on it, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they, they need a pricing change. Let's, let's just uh, recap our final five stocks. Globe, a no from uh, Howard. Um, Gary's putting it on the, on the watch list. Unibar, Ademco, no. Waypoint, no. John Ling, um, John's Ling, no. And uh, Cogstate, a no, but would be interesting on a, a bit of a pullback there. So as a result, NetWealth, Super Retail and Globe come out of the Calls Fantasy portfolio. Uh, Howard Cobber from Team Invest, great to catch up, mate. Good to Good see to you. Good to see you again. And Gary, Gary as well. Thanks, uh, All the best. Yep. Yeah. Have a great week. Thank you. All right, uh, that's our show for today. If you'd like any stocks looked at by our panel, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au and, uh, or tweet us using the at osbiztv Twitter handle. Um, all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Don't forget at the end of the day, if you want to wrap up of everything that's been happening in the markets, uh, markets and business, Subscribe to the newsletter, you get Scuddy's View, um, the Close of Business podcast, 
and also links to the most popular interviews on the platform during the day. Ausbiz.co forward slash the COB is how you do it. Uh, stay tuned for the pulse though. Coming up, the managing director of Octopus Investment, Sam Reynolds. He'll take Ausbiz through the investment opportunities in the energy sector, particularly in renewable projects around the world. That's from 1.40 p.m. right here on Ausbiz. That's it for us. Back after the break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 